what's an Old Testament type? A type is a person, a place, a thing, or even an event which reveals itself, but its real purpose is to reveal something greater than itself. That's what we call the types in the Old Testament. What are types of Mary in the Old Testament? Well, that's what we're going to explore, and we're going to use um, classic papal text to see where does the church see hints of Mary in person, places, things, or events of the Old Testament. Hello and welcome to MaryCast. This is Dr. Mark Miravalli, Professor of Theology and Mariology at the Franciscan University of Steubenville. And it's truly a joy for me to speak about the truth about Mary, the mother of Jesus. We've been talking about Mary in the Old Testament, Genesis 3.15, the woman who's in enmity with Satan, the, the mother of the seat of victory, Isaiah 7.14, the virgin mother of Emmanuel that will be a great sign to the restoration of the line of David, Micah 5.23, that this, this woman in travail will give birth in Bethlehem, in the house of bread, uh, to who we know will be our Eucharistic Jesus. And now, uh, what are specific events or types that tell us more about who Mary will be? Well, I want to go to a very famous papal text, uh, the papal text of 1854, uh, the Ineffabilis Deus. Uh, the title means the ineffable God, where Blessed Pius IX defines the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. But for our purposes, in this definition, in this document that surrounds it, he uses many types of Mary as present in the Old Testament. So the types I'm, I'm going to bring to you today are types that Blessed Pius IX spoke about in terms of an Old Testament foreshadowing of, of who and what Mary would be in the New Testament. And I think you'll find these rather fascinating because, you know, there's, my friends, there's something about the years of prayers, of, of pondering, of sacrifice, of, of contemplative life, of mystical life in the church, where things are brought forward in ways that are just more than you or I can do on our own. Uh, and, and I think you'll see these with these types because they're all true, they're all accurate, but they may not have been something we first considered the first time we saw or, or read these things in the Old Testament. So let me give you a couple examples of these types of Mary in the Old Testament. Blessed Pius IX uses, for example, the type of Mary as the Ark of Noah. Now, what was the Ark of Noah? The Ark of Noah was a, a, a ship, right? It was a, it was a structure built by divine command to escape the effects of sin. What is Mary? She is built by divine command to escape the effects of sin. Why? Because she brings Jesus to us. So it is a true type of Our Lady, um, what we see built in the Old Testament to, to, to bring people away from danger. Uh, and we see that, and we'll see that more as we see Our Lady uh, as another type, as we'll talk about in a few moments, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, this Ark theme will continue in the Old Testament but it always leads to Jesus, which means it will also lead to Mary, who, who brings us Jesus. In Genesis 28.12, we have Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder reaches from heaven to earth and back up. This, as Blessed Pius IX tells us, this is a type of Mary's intercession. There is no greater intercessor for humanity than the mother of Jesus. 
this again shouldn't be so confusing or, or unfamiliar for us because we know mothers intercede all the time. They intercede for uh, their children to their husband. They intercede at school. They intercede at work. Uh, it's almost co-natural, uh, an intrinsic element of mothers to intercede. And we know that Mary is the greatest intercessor from Jesus to his people. And we'll see this revealed in the New Testament. A fascinating type of Mary from Exodus 3, 1, that Mary is foreshadowed in the burning bush of Moses. Now, I can hear, for, I can hear some of you saying, now, this is a stretch. I mean, how in the world are you going to find the mother of Jesus in the burning bush? Well, let's remember that the burning bush held the presence of God but without any material corruption. That's exactly what the mother of Jesus did. She held the presence of God in herself, but there was no material corruption. Uh, and we'll see this brought forward in the wisdom of the New Testament and the church when we see that Mary, because she was immaculately conceived, she could not suffer physical decay. Physical decay, death, disease is a result of sin. The immaculate one wouldn't have that. So she is truly uh, revealed in part with that burning bush. She, she holds God entirely within her and yet without material corruption. There's also the images of the impenetrable tower of David and the enclosed garden in the canticle of canticles. Putting these two together, we, we get an image of the strength of who Mary would become, but also in her impenetrable tower and, and her enclosed garden, we have a foreshadowing of the perfect virginity of Mary. Uh, a very well-known speaker, Alice von Hildebrand, will often discuss chastity and purity. And she says, you know, the goal of the wedding night, the goal is that the newly married husband and spouse will exchange the keys to each other's garden. And God willing, what the husband and what the wife will find in the other's garden is a garden that's never been tread upon, that has no footprints. There's no flowers that are crushed. There's no beauty that's been taken away because no one's been in that garden. Now, we know also in, in realism with human sin, purity, virginity can be restored. Chastity can come back. Now, virginity once lost is lost. But purity and chastity can rebuild that garden. They can re replenish the flowers. But the ultimate garden that's never been uh, taken upon, the ultimate garden that no one has entered, is the virginity of Mary, because it's a perpetual virginity. It's a virginity, as we'll talk about, that is before the birth of Jesus, during the birth of Jesus, and after the birth of Jesus as well. Well, my friends, arguably the greatest single type of Mary in the Old Testament is the Ark of the Covenant. I wish we had, you may not, but I wish we had hours to talk about Mary as the Ark of the Covenant. But let's go to just the, the, the nutshell, the essence of why the Ark of the Covenant could be the, the single most profound foreshadowing of Mary. Well, let's review what the Ark was. The ark was a symbol of the covenant between God and the people of Israel. And the ark contained three critical contents. Number one, it contained manna from the desert. Some, some portions of the manna that Yahweh nourished his people with during their exodus. 
Number two, the Ark contained uh, fragments, if not the entire tablets of the Old Testament. This is law, and again, it's covenant. It's, it's the agreement between God and his people that have to be kept for salvation to happen. Number three, what was in the Ark was a portion of the staff of the rod of Aaron. What do those three things symbolize? Manna, nourishment, sustenance. Number two, the Ten Commandments, the law which protects salvation. Number three, the rod of Aaron, which represents priesthood, a holy priesthood set apart in the order of Melchizedek and coming down through this line up to, at this point, to Aaron. When we talk about Mary, what does Mary have within her womb from the moment she says yes to the angel? She has Jesus Christ. She has the Word made flesh. And who is the Word made flesh? He is the ultimate lawgiver. He is the ultimate fulfillment of the law and the covenant. Number two, he is the great high priest, as Hebrew tells us. Only Jesus can offer the sacrifice for our salvation. It's not just getting through a desert without dying, which is important. It's eternal life, which only comes from our Lord Jesus. And number three, he is the ultimate fulfillment of both law and priesthood, along with the Eucharist. So, Jesus the High Priest, Jesus the Lawgiver, Jesus the Eucharist, and Mary carried him. She indeed is the new and immaculate Ark of the New Covenant. And we're going to talk about this more because it's so very profound on why and how God willed that we would know about Mary even from the Old Testament. Thanks. God bless you.